Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we get started with today's episode, we just wanted to let you know that if you are interested in trying audiobooks or have been eyeing an Audible membership, you can get two free audiobooks when you sign up for a free trial at bookriot.com slash audible. Most free trial offers for Audible only give you one download with your 30-day trial, but we are giving you two. Audiobooks are a great way to work more reading into your life, whether it's during your commute, while you're cooking, while you're at the gym, or whatever. So go to bookriot.com slash audible. Again, that's bookriot.com slash audible to sign up for your free trial and get two free audiobooks. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance. Well, my favorite place for romance novels and all that other stuff, too. And it's a very special episode, Justin. It is a very special episode. You know why? Because Trisha and I are looking at each other. We are. And not through a screen. Not like, in the same room. Yeah. It's an exciting time. It is. We are at. We are in New Orleans. We are uh, looking out on the city of New Orleans. It's beautiful. I can't really describe it, so I guess just take some pictures. Take a take a look at some pictures online. But it's lovely. We're here for the book lovers convention. We are, and it's been quite an interesting couple days. Trisha's yeah. been here longer than me, so she's probably had a few more adventures. But I mean, aren't there always adventures <laughs> there to be are had in New, in New Orleans and at a book lovers con? Yes. So yeah, we'll be talking a little bit later more about what we've been seeing and hearing and what we are excited about. But uh, first, we wanted to do a little bit of follow-up from last episode. We just wanted to thank the folks who let us know how they got into romance after we had the, what, what their sort of gateway reads were. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very fun to hear, actually, that some people got into romance uh, either through your wonderful newsletter, Jess, Kissing Books. If you are not signed up, sign up for Kissing Books. Or actually through this podcast. We got a, a really lovely email. Um, I won't mention the sender's name in case she would prefer not, but uh, it was very nice to see some of that stuff and even just to hear some of the books and mm-hmm. other routes that people took. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a very heart squishy week for probably Trisha and me just mm-hmm. to see all of the the feedback and and to see how people have been getting into romance. I love hearing stories of everybody's journey. So thank you all for sharing either in the comments on the when in riot when when in riot yeah when, <laughs> when in romance recording from last week or through email or on Twitter. It's yeah. been great. Thank it you. It was very fun. So before we get into other conversation, you want to do a. An ad spot? Let's do an ad spot. So thank you to Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev, which is published by William Morrow. In Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors, it's really hard to not add an and between Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Trisha may be San Francisco's most acclaimed neurosurgeon, not our Trisha, but the Trisha in the book. It's true, I am not a neurosurgeon in any city. (laughs) But a past mistake has made her the black sheep of her family. When the chance to redeem herself arises... Trisha resolves to do anything in her power to win her family back and won't let anyone stand in her way. 
up-and-coming chef DJ Kane has known people like Trisha before, people who judge him by his rough beginnings and place pedigree above character. Uh-oh. He needs the lucrative job her family offers, but he values his pride too much to indulge Trisha's arrogance. As the two clash, their dislike for each other begins to transform into something else entirely, and they realize that in order to have the futures they want, they need to learn to let go of the past. So if you can't tell from that description, this is a gender-reversed version of Pride and Prejudice, and it is written by an immigrant Indian woman about people in an immigrant Indian family, and you all know I love an enemies to lovers trope, and this one is one. Because, you know, you can't have a Pride and Prejudice story that isn't enemies to lovers. That just doesn't work. Exactly. Wouldn't really fit the description. No, no, it wouldn't. And it touches on the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter, and it flows these issues effortlessly into the story. So if you want to check that out, that's Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev, published by William Morrow, out now. I am very excited about that book. I might actually be reading it on the plane home because I have it. And I love Sonali Dev. I've never read anything by her that I didn't love. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of wonderful books, this one included, Jess and I were kind of going back and forth a little bit about just the shocking number of kind of amazing books that have come out in the last month or so. Uh, and one of the things that I noticed is that there are at least a, a few different series that seem to be coming to an end. Alyssa Cole's Reluctant Royal series, mm-hmm. um, the Twisted Wishes series by Anna Zabo, I think is done, although there's one character that maybe still. I think they have said that this is the conclusion, but you, know, you can never know. They might throw some novellas or yeah. something in there. We'll see. But one of the things that I was thinking about is that for those two series in particular stuck out to me because I think the third book in both series was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, the third full book, uh, The Reluctant Royals, has a couple of novellas in there too. And one of the things that like, it kind of – I started to wonder about series and the fact that so much of romance is series. Mm-hmm. There are so few standalones. And we – I think – I don't know. I, I was wondering whether that is a benefit or a drawback. And I'm sure it's, it's a little bit of both. But mm-hmm. I know that I'm really hesitant to jump in on even the second or third book in a series without having read the early ones. But at the same time, I also find it really satisfying to have a wide world of people and characters and bands or whatever, <laughs> uh, royal families uh, to engage with. So I don't know. I was kind of thinking about are you the same as me, Jess, that you won't start reading partway through? I am sort of a blend. I really do believe in reading in order, which helps when there are complete series out. Like, for instance, my introduction to romance, which we talked about last time, was Jude Devereaux. And she had already written like 25 books by the time I got around to her. So she had like three complete series that I could just slam. But if I come into an author who in the middle of one, I am hesitant. And I don't know why, because they're all standalones. It's not like, oh, no, I don't know how the story concludes. Mm -hmm. Um, But even though a lot of authors put out multiple books per year, some don't. And I I would hate to fall in love with an author who I have to wait another two years for a new Mm -hmm. book. But that's not to say that I won't jump in. There are only a few authors who I won't start at the beginning of a series, though. For instance, Tessa Dare, I started at the beginning of her Girl Meets Duke series because it was the first one out, and that was 
the one that I picked up. But then going through her backlist, it was kind of like, oh, I'll read this one, and then I'll read this one, and it didn't really matter that they weren't in order. But for instance, if I had picked up A Prince on Paper, and Alyssa maybe said she was going to keep writing them, I would have, like, waited. (laughs) Yeah. I think, too, part of the situation for me is that I, oftentimes in a... uh, series, and for sure this was true in Reverb, which is the final um, Twisted Wishes series by Anna Zabo, you see the other couples that mm-hmm. have been paired up in the books before. And I think for me, that was rewarding, having read that series. Mm-hmm. If I was just coming in on that series, I would absolutely understand everything that was going on. And there's enough exposition or whatever to explain how these other couples got together or what else happened. But I think it's it can be a little annoying, right? Yes. If you are sort of like reading, you're like, cool, why do we keep reference like all those inside jokes and Easter eggs that are a reward for the readers who have read the whole series through mm-hmm. can be a little frustrating if you're trying to jump in. And actually someone who did this really well recently, another series that's coming to an end was uh Talia Hibbert mm-hmm. with um That Kind of Guy. I think is the name of the book. Not that kind of guy. I think it's called That Kind of Guy. That sounds right. Yes. Uh, I will double check that. You can tell that we, I didn't have that one in mind before I started talking. But the thing that she did, I thought really well was she did a very quick description of the um, other two couples that had gotten together in the full length books in the Ravenswood series. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she actually took the couple out of that context and put them on a, a trip, like traveling to a convention, mm-hmm. which kind of removes most of that. And Alyssa Cole did something similar with Prince on Paper, which is that she took her central couple about a third of the way through the book, Mm -hmm. also completely away from the... And certainly people are still a phone call away or a text message or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in that way, in both of those books, the friends from the other books felt more like friends and less like an inside story that you are no part of. Right, right. And speaking of... And Azabo, like that is like you could not sit in reverb and understand even what some of the other couples are talking about if you have no idea what their relationships are like. So in that way, it is kind of frustrating. But then it's you have that curiosity. So you go back and like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you kind of well, obviously it's a romance, so you know they end up together, but you have that satisfaction of knowing that they're still in that kind of beneficial relationship when you go back to see how they got there. Mm-hmm. So it could go either way. It's very strange series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's I think one of the other things that some people do to kind of work around that is writing novellas. Because mm-hmm. again, not to keep going back to the exact same authors, but in both the Ravenswood series and in the Prince on Paper series, so Talia Hibbert series and Alyssa's Coles, there's at least one novella that particularly in the Ravenswood series, very much stands alone. Like, mm-hmm. you you really don't need to know that much. Um, and, you know, one of the things we were talking about, we, we talked with the um, woman who, who works on the Thousand One Dark Night series, which mm-hmm. is a bunch of novellas that tend to fit into uh, a larger story arc somewhere in an author's canon, right? Right. So we were sort of talking about how those books in many ways are meant to introduce new readers to a larger universe of characters that they might want to engage with. Mm -hmm. Um, And a novella is, as we've talked about in other episodes of the show, kind of a great entry point because it's short, the commitment's not as much, and Mm -hmm. 
this story maybe because it's shorter can stand alone a little bit, you know? Right. right. Yeah. And uh, novellas are interesting when you pick them up as part of a series because sometimes you're completely confused. Like I know some people who I recommended um, Can't Escape Love to, even though they hadn't read the other, the rest of the series, weren't happy with the fact that they had no clue what was going on with the whole um, Reggie Portia connection like what is happening in Portia's life it's like well I mean if you read a duke in disguise you'd know but um not a duke a duke by default darn it please y'all stop with the alliterative titles with duke in it because I'm going to confuse them I'm going to anyway that's another series that actually has no connection when you read them separately that's okay to read out of order is Cat Sebastian's um, Regency Imposters, which only has two books out right now, and they are only connected by a random mention of the other character in the other books. So then there are that kind of series where it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. where you enter it because you can do it either way. They're just connected by a universe. Yeah. And I think for the books that are a little bit more connected, uh, the tip that I can offer you, and I'm sure Jess knows this as well, is that a lot of times when a book in a series is coming out, at least the first book in that series or the earlier books goes on sale. Yes. So one solution to this problem is to just read the backlist uh, and maybe do it at an affordable price because, again, it may have gone on sale. The ebooks in particular tend to tend to do that when mm-hmm. there's a new book coming. Sometimes they're even free. But uh, if not, you can pay pay a couple of dollars and get caught up. Yeah, support some authors. Exactly. So anyway, uh, it would be interesting to hear from folks about whether you are pro-series and all of the intertwined nature of books, <laughs> or whether um, you are, you're looking for more standalone romance. Right. Because I, yeah, like I said, I, I do appreciate the payoff when I have read the whole series. Mm-hmm. But I get frustrated when I haven't. So, <laughs> so I'm impossible to please. The end. <laughs> impossible the to end. please. The Trisha Brown story. <laughs> um, all right. Let's do uh, another ad spot, and then we will talk more about uh, Book Lovers Con and what we're excited about. So this episode is sponsored by Read Bliss, which is presented by Harlequin. Read Bliss is your video destination for all things romance and reading. Tune in to Read Bliss on YouTube every Tuesday and Friday for videos by romance fans for romance fans, including book roundups, author interviews, trope spotlights, bookish DIY projects, and more from Read Bliss's team of romance booktubers. Watch read love so again it's a new youtube channel for romance readers uh, by romance readers uh the high points are new videos are posted every tuesday and friday there are interviews with popular authors such popular authors <laughs> i was reading ahead such as gina showalter heather graham and more so you can join the discussion and see what we're reading at read bliss on instagram sorry that's read underscore bliss on instagram facebook and twitter Again, be sure to make sure you've got the underscore in there. Read underscore bliss. Uh, as we know, uh, the underscores <laughs> are important. Uh, and it is presented by romance experts at Harlequin, who who definitely know from some romance. So the tagline is read, watch, love, um, which is cool. I, I'm on board with all of those things. So one more time, that is read bliss um, YouTube channel. So check that out. The link will be in the show notes. Speaking of bliss and reading. Oh, man. Bliss and reading. Here we are at uh, Book Lovers Con. So I, we talked last year, 
um, about how the Romantic Times convention and magazine were coming to a close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the replacement is sort of Book Lovers Con. Yeah, it is. It was actually organized and coordinated by the same group of people who were doing the RT Book Lovers Con- convention. So it is similar, but not. So... Yeah, I feel like there are some similar elements. I also feel like there are maybe a couple of getting off the ground yes. sort of challenges, but by and large, it's been great. There's been a lot of, there are a lot of authors here, notably mm-hmm. missing, uh, are the Avon folks. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, <laughs> they were a little busy last month. <laughs> yeah. They did, um, for those of you who, maybe some of you attended, they did KissCon in Chicago, which I think it kind of seems to me they are sort of, as RT has come to an end, they mm-hmm. kind of are, taking that opportunity to sort of do their own oh, Avon thing. Yes, and there are a lot of Avon authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so there are definitely folks who aren't here. Jess and I actually were in a um, session yesterday for web folks and bloggers and reviewers and writers and stuff talking to different publishing houses. And the one that was notably missing was Avon. Yes. Uh, so that was – but, you know, everybody was – we still got to hear about a lot of very exciting books and cool stuff that is coming out. Yes. Um, so we, yeah, I, I feel like maybe we should tell people what we're excited about. Let's tell people. So Trisha's been here, like I mentioned, a day longer than I have. So the event that she mentioned was the first one that I was able to get to after arriving in New Orleans. And it was nice to hear one of the questions proposed from the group was, what is a book that you're excited about that's coming out in the near future. And the public, the publicists and other people working with, for the various romance imprints were excited about several things. And the first one that got me sort of perked up, hello, tell me more, um, was The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller, which is coming out in the fall through St. Martin's Press. And she pitched it as historic rom-com with ghosts. And she pitched the hero as Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters, but smart. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. I will take that. Yeah. I'm not generally a big paranormal person, but that one hit my radar too. I really feel like the like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters, but smart <laughs> should probably be their like blurb or tagline absolutely yeah absolutely but yeah it was it's kind of like a almost like a mystery and yeah there's there's mystery the um the heroine is a widow who has inherited this mansion and it's dilapidated and she's trying to restore it but all of the workers are like this place is haunted and she's like no it's not but you know bring in a scientist to see if we can figure out why people think this is haunted and here comes chris hemsworth And to be fair, in real life, Chris Hemsworth may be very smart. Maybe he is a scientist or a ghostbuster of some kind. It wouldn't surprise me. We don't know. But his character in Ghostbusters, if you have not seen it, is not as, not super sharp. He's he's a very happy, shiny person. It's true. And he believes the best in everyone. And that's a wonderful quality. It is. Imagine if you made him smart and put him in a romance novel. Boom. Done. 
So yeah, it took us like 15 minutes to figure out what the title of that book was. So you want to give it to folks again? The Widow of Rose House by Diana Biller. For some reason, I heard The Widow of Ghost House the first time, Same. which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it is Rose House. Yeah. Also, Ghost House would be a little on the nose. <laughs> it would be. You're right. You're very, very right. So, yeah, we'll make sure we link it in the show notes. I think that one comes out in November. I believe it is October. 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 Early October. St. Martin's Griffin. So uh, make sure you pre-order it and give that little reward to your October self. Absolutely. Uh, another book that we heard about in that session is a book called The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez. I think it's a forever title. Yes. I'm turning around <laughs> to pull it off of my hotel room bed. Uh, <laughs> side note, if you have any sound issues with this episode, that is because Jess and I usually do not record in the same room. We don't know exactly how it's going to go, but the fact that there's only one sound file means that there's not a whole lot that Jen, our wonderful sound editor, can do. So, so thanks, Jen, for whatever you Yes, can. thank you for whatever. Anything that sounds good is because Jen did it. Yes. And not because Jess and I set her up for success. <laughs> we are doing our best, but we have no idea how it's going to go. So anyway, uh, The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez is a forever title. Uh, it comes out in July, and it is a sort of... It seems like it's kind of a lovers to friends to lovers story where mm-hmm. uh, this woman, Kristen, is um, planning her best friend's wedding. She is having some medical issues, so she needs to have a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of women deal with it's very serious uh, problems with their reproductive health systems. Kristen is one of them. And the for her quality of life, the best decision is for her to have a hysterectomy, which means removing her uterus, right? If, mm-hmm. if you don't have a uterus, you cannot have children in the traditional biological way, generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little bit bittersweet for her, but it's the best decision for her. So she you know, finds a kind of fun distraction when she meets the best man of the wedding, her of her best friend that she's helping to plan. She's super excited about him. Um, I think maybe he's a fireman. It doesn't say that on the back of this book, but I think it might be true, uh, which who doesn't love a fireman? Right. Uh, and they hit it off. And then she finds out that he uh, wants to have a large family. And so she feels like maybe that is not a great fit for her and where she is in her life. So instead, they kind of become friends. And then... I can only assume that as the pages of the book turn, we eventually end up with, uh, you know, friends to lovers. So it seems like it's going to be how it goes. I'm excited about it. It's a debut. Abby Jimenez is apparently a Food Network champion. Yeah. I, I don't really even know what that means. There are things on Food Network that people compete. People compete. <laughs> so good for Abby. Good but for I, Abby. my understanding is that this is her first book. So she's multi-talented. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she founded Nadia Cakes. I've actually heard of Nadia Cakes. See? Oh, oh, she's won numerous Food Network competitions. All right. So Abby is very interesting as she a person. She is very interesting as a person. I can only imagine that this book will also be very interesting. Yes, absolutely. And one thing that was mentioned is that Forever is venturing into trade paperback releases. And I don't know if this is their first one, but it's definitely it's happening. one of the few that I have seen them release. They usually print, publish in um, mass market. So... A lot, a lot of people seem to be getting into the trade paperback size books, sort of to battle Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think um, they're uh, seeing what's going on there. Yeah, it's not the first one because Meet Cute definitely was in trade paperback, mm-hmm. um, and I think there was another one around the same time. Do they? How many Helena Huntings do they publish? Because they don't publish all of Helena Hunting, I think. I'm going to be very honest with you and tell you I have literally no idea. Okay, I could make up a number, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, let's say three. 
All right. They published the last. That's a lie. We have no that's idea. That's a total lie. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're getting in the weeds because we are so nerdy. But yeah, so it's cool that people. One of the other things, and this is sort of incidental, that we did hear from publishers. One of the things that we asked them was, what is kind of your brand? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the difference between Forever and Berkeley and Montlake, which was um, there, which is the Amazon publishing house? And, and a lot of folks are kind of, you know, a few folks mentioned that they are maybe a little bit stronger on romantic comedy or that they end up with more romantic suspense titles. Um, but one of the things that people did mention, mm-hmm. whether or not it's fully accurate or not, is that a lot of these publishing houses are working on their inclusion, mm-hmm. um, looking for more own voices, uh, writers of color. Um, a couple of them mentioned having uh, new queer titles yes. uh, in the hopper. So, so that is exciting. And a couple of people did almost without tacitly recognizing that they had had work to do. Yes. Sort of. I think the way that one publishing um, rep put it was our catalog is going to look very different in mm-hmm. the next year in terms of inclusion than it has previously. Yes. That um, was a good way to put it. And yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that stuff happen and sharing it with you all. Yeah. And hopefully seeing it reflected for real in like the Rip Bodice Report or the other studies that come out. Yeah. I thought it was exciting. Another book that was mentioned that some of you, if you um, read kissing books, already know I am very excited about is Bringing Down the Duke. Hey, look, another Duke title. (laughs) Um, This one's coming from Berkeley, and we were happy to do the cover reveal at Kissing Books. And I'll tell you, when it was offered to me and the publicist sent the cover to me. I literally squeaked. There was there was noise that happened. And I, I just wrote back that cover in all caps. So bringing down the Duke fe- is the first in a series featuring the first class of women students at Oxford. And in this one, the main character has gotten a scholarship to go and she has to progress the suffragist cause. But there's kind of a duke in the way. That happens. It happens. Um, So this is also a rom-com because it's from Berkeley. But there's also serious stuff happening, as usually happens in rom-coms from most romantic authors. I don't know where I was going with that. But (laughs) um, so I am very much looking forward to reading Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore and staring longingly and lovingly at the cover, which is a drawn cover. Um, we've talked about those. And it actually features two people on horseback with the woman holding the reins, which is just delightful. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, the, the quote that they were using from an, another historical romance author was, I've read this book and now I've read the future of historical romance, yeah. which is uh, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So I'm going to give you another title. This one is actually out because the last one I have is not out until November. So <laughs> um, I have had the chance to see a little bit more and learn a little bit more about Arctic Sun, which is a title by Annabeth Albert. It's a Karina title. Mm-hmm. Looking at my... Uh, I believe that is the case. Yes, we are both right. Good for us. Yay. Um, and it's out now. And the next title in the series, actually, I think is coming out soon. But this one is... Um, it takes place in Alaska, which is part of the appeal for me. I love a sort of rugged outdoor story. And this one features not only a rugged outdoor setting, but a rugged outdoor outdoorsman, uh, Griffin, <laughs> who is dealing with work 
working on his sobriety and staying sober. Uh, he's kind of a loner. He's off in the wilderness, but he ends up, because he works as a little wildlife guide, uh, encountering River, who is a former male model. <laughs> uh, so I feel like there's a probably a, a proximity element to this. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, there is likely to be baggage in both main characters of this particular story. And as I mentioned, I, I love a, a rugged outdoor setting. So I think I actually bought Arctic Sun off of a Book Riot ad. So I th- you may, if you, <laughs> if you are a Book Riot visitor regularly, the cover may look familiar to you. Um, <laughs> but it's one that I'm excited to get caught up on because I've heard some great things about Annabeth Albert. And this story checks a lot of my trope tonight boxes. So I'm all in. Very nice. And I have a bonus one um, yes. that I have not caught this author here yet, but she is here and her book is coming out in August. So let's pretend that it is available to talk about now. Sure. And the author is Holly Trent. And the book is Three-Part Harmony, which is the second in her plot twist series, which is also Karina. And if you read Writing Her In, which is the first book in the series, then you already know, love, and want to either hug or slap uh, Rally, who is the central character in Three-Part Harmony. He's the publicist that we meet in the first book, and he gets to figure out his stuff because he has all kinds of things to figure out about himself and his life and his work and his relationships with other people. And there are rock stars involved and other people. And I don't know a whole lot about the book, but I am excited to read it because Holly Trent has become one of my auto buys. So yeah, and I think she might be here somewhere. She's she's around. Yeah, like I've been I've been picking up on her Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, she's definitely in this building. Yeah. I um, There was a woman in the elevator yesterday who I was like, oh, I really like her lipstick. I want to compliment her on it. But that sounds weird. It was pin tip done. Of course. Um, so I didn't. I was like, that's going to seem like I'm a real weirdo. So I'm going to just. But her lipstick did look really nice. Yeah. So I mean... if anybody knows pin tip done, tell her her lipstick game on point. <laughs> and the last book that I will recommend is one that is uh, also a Berkeley, a Berkeley title. As I said, it's not coming out till November. So even though we don't eat a couple of times a year, we recommend books that are not out yet. This is one of those times. Mm-hmm. Pre-order the Bromance Book Club, which is by Lissa K. Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a book about sort of high level important men in Nashville who are all a part of a secret romance book club <laughs> this this is the first um book in the series and uh it features the second baseman of the nashville baseball team gavin and the, one of the things that i'm really excited about with this book is that it features a married couple mm-hmm. so he finds out that his wife has not been as satisfied in certain ways <laughs> as uh he had been led to believe <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. You guys can figure it out. Uh, unless you're children, and then probably you can't. Uh, that's the that's the goal. So anyway, he um, finds out, kind of has, does maybe doesn't react to it in a way that is as uh, supportive as mm-hmm. he could. So then his wife asks for a divorce, and he turns to the bromance book club, and specifically the book that they are reading called Courting the Countess, uh, to figure out how to save his marriage. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, like I said, I, I really like a married couple romance because as much as we value a happily ever after ending uh, in the romance world, it is nice to recognize once in a while that 
relationships still take work, even mm-hmm. after uh, the HEA. I also have realized, and this may or may not be the case with this book, we'll have to talk another time about this, but I've realized within the last week or so that one thing I really like in a romance is when the couple gets together fairly early on and mm-hmm. then just stays together. Yeah. Like there's no, whatever the dark moment is, is sort of an external force mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, like, the, so I need, I think I probably just need to read more romantic suspense. So I think that's probably like, I'm fine <laughs> with somebody getting kidnapped as long as the couple doesn't break up 85% of the way through the book. Right. Right. So like, right? kidnapped, yeah. like running away. I don't know, whatever. Again, I, I need to read more romantic suspense, but and it's not like we don't know in every romance that the couple is going to get together. Like, that's part of the virtual romance. But I do like when uh, the the forces are external yeah. and not just two people who can't communicate very well. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, um, I'm not going to tear this apart myself. Some Someone else is tearing it apart for me. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, like I said, I don't actually know whether or not that's the case for the Bromance Book Club, but I am very excited about it. It's uh, another sort of illustrated cover um, with the uh, counting the, the courting the Countess book in the back pocket of uh, <laughs> what seems like a man's jeans. Um, so anyway, yes. prior to that, it, like I said, it doesn't come out till November, but we will maybe be talking more about it then. Who knows? Maybe we will. It's very exciting. I'm very excited about it. And that, oh, those are those are my picks. I don't, is there anything that you're excited about that we're still doing? I mean, here we are in New Orleans. Anything um, in, for the convention that you are still have flagged, Jess? I don't have my agenda in front of me, so I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm just looking forward to getting back out there. I had a very limited amount of contact with other people yesterday. We're recording on Friday morning, Mm -hmm. unlike our usual Thursday night. And I'm just looking forward to being in the world because there's a lot of excitement. We were hanging out yesterday, not actually in line to go into an author meet and greet. And just the energy there was so great. And I love romance readers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is, and I have since the first, this is the fourth one of these I've been to. And since the first one, I have always said that one of my favorite things about it is that it's just a group of people who are just excited to be here, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't always find that a lot in life. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's fun to be here. It's fun to be here with you. Same. I am really happy to share a room with you and probably follow you around until you leave. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> and only a little bit stalkery. So that's great. Well, I'll tell you, Trish, Trisha, you're Trisha. Mm-hmm. Tessa Dare posted on Twitter, because I think she is also here, unless she didn't make it for some reason. I need a convention shirt that says, I'm happy to be here. And please excuse all of my awkwardness and need to not be very clear. And it was like, I think we all need that shirt. Because yes. I am very awkward when I'm around human beings. Mm-hmm. And just need something to explain myself. Yeah. Somebody, I think it was Annabeth Albert had introvert and extrovert buttons at her table. Uh-huh. And there were very few introvert buttons left. A lot of extrovert buttons. <laughs> so people, I feel like, yeah, there's a, a particular kind of audience for a, a, for a book convention. And it's people that like books of all kinds. Mm-hmm. So we are, yeah, we're a little bit short this week, partly because we had to turn the air conditioning off to record the <laughs> podcast. And so now it's getting really warm in here because it's super hot in New Orleans. Yes. And Trisha has multiple windows. I like. know. Yeah. <laughs> so all that, all that dumb heat and light coming in. But yeah, so for the first time in the history of the podcast, we actually are running 
running a little short, Imagine. you're welcome, everyone. You're you get welcome. that time back uh, to go put all of those books on your TBR. As always, all of the books that we mentioned will be in the show notes. Um, we didn't really even talk about any news, so there may not be news links there, but we'll yeah. have book links. We will have book links. And we will have links for you to tell us uh, on social media and through Book Riot how you read series or whether you jump around or whether you like a standalone or find it unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Let us know, and you can find me on Twitter at JustReading. I have not been tweeting much in the last two days, part because I was in planes most of yesterday. Sure. But by the time you hear this, at the end of the weekend, maybe I'll have gotten my game up. Or on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. Those underscores, man. Every time. Every time. Uh, and I am at Trisha Haley Brown on Instagram and Twitter, but with Twitter, you can drop the O. Uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, by the time you're hearing this, I should be back in Tulsa. So I'll be uh, there for a while. Awesome. I'm Walking around in that really cool park. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of great parks in Tulsa, in case anybody was, in case anyone's wondering, <laughs> looking for something to do there. All right. Well, we will leave it there for now. Like I said, uh, hop, hop and, and oh, always feel free to rate and review the podcast, but also uh, check out the links in the show notes to pre-order the future you a couple of really wonderful books. And also you can order now Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors by Sonella Dove. Thank yes. you mm-hmm. for sponsoring the podcast. And as usual, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Thank you.